Shut up and sit down. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Jonathan Graves Wright, and this is the Backroom Show once again. And uh, my special guest, as always, is Jacob Patrick. How are you this evening, Jacob? I'm a special guest. I like that. I feel special. <laughs> <laughs> great, 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 great. I'm doing good. Good. Very good. Very good. So I thought I thought today maybe we could we could talk about uh, our travels and how our travels would help us to maybe become inspired about writing something or how our travels uh, help us to maybe to relax, refresh, and uh, have an opportunity just to regather our thoughts. So if you were to, if you were to relate one place or some place that you've gone that has allowed you to just relax, maybe regather your thoughts. How how would you how would you relate that little experience if it helped in your writing at all? Hmm. So we're talking about somewhere we've traveled. It wouldn't be just a place I can walk to from my house. No. This is some place where maybe we haven't gone before. Um maybe it's something new or maybe it's something we just picked by random. Okay, well, we recently did a trip um, to Chihuahua, Mexico. And I remember the experience of, we, we went camping, we went to Copper Canyon, which is the Grand Canyon, but they call it uh, the Copper Canyon, south of the border. And um, I remember that was just very refreshing creatively and emotionally being out kind of away from everything out in the mountains, the fresh air, the stars at night. I think that was it, at least off the top of my top of my head that that was definitely a great experience and a good place to kind of reset. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I, I remember that trip because we, of course we took it together to see our good friends out there. And uh, for me, it was more specific I actually went with the intention of writing or finding something to write about. So, for example, the canyon, uh, the hike. So I was able to write a little poem about that with us there. And specifically, I don't know if you remember or not, we went digging around in an old graveyard. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> a couple of great. Well, we scouted out several graveyards. There you go. Right? There you go. And didn't find... Well, did you? Did you yes, find I did. that yeah, trip yeah. you looking yeah, for? Yeah, I found the specific tombstone that I was looking for to write my poem with. And a, and a friend of ours took the picture, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's very cool. So, I, so I, I, did, I did capture that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. So just, you know, when, when, we, when we think of, you know, different areas like that, there are so many things that can generate ideas and just a simple... Just a simple hike in the mountains, breathing that fresh air. That was quite something different for us, especially especially living where we do in Nuevo Laredo, which really doesn't have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, thinking about that graveyard specifically, you were looking for a picture to fit a poem you had already written. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 
And then on the flip side, you wrote a couple of poems about that trip after the fact. But they weren't they weren't necessarily based on pictures, right? They were based on the experience. Yeah, they those were the, I, I wrote a couple that were based on experience, but not not pictures. Yeah. Mm. But I, I needed I needed specific pictures for about four poems that that I had written that I was looking for. So I had graveyard, the park bench, I had um the canyon itself. Um so there was a picture related to that. And then the uh, picture of uh, like the campfire and and other things that we were that we were doing at that moment. So those are all pictures that fit things you that had already written. You were just looking all, for a picture, absolutely, to fit yeah. them. And what do you plan to do with those pictures? Well, the pictures are already attached to the poetry, um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that in a book. I'm basically going to put that on um, my website and my Instagram page. Mm, good. Remind me to show you, and this is great for anybody out there who's listening as well, who's an author and who's looking to sort of work in personal branding and marketing their stuff. You can turn your Instagram account into a business account. And when you do, you can attach that account to a Facebook page. Oh, nice. So it's all the same login. It's all attached. And then that means if you make something in Instagram, let's say you put an image and then you put text. Um, for me, that might be just several paragraphs about something in somewhat, in some way related to the image for you. It might be that, or it might also be a poem and you can post it on Instagram and it will automatically post to your page. Oh, sweet job. So, so you don't have to do it twice. And so you just, you do it once and it looks really nice when it goes over to the page too. And that's just because Facebook owns Instagram. So they're very interested and saving you time and encouraging you to post great content to both. And so that connection kind of is there to help people who have business accounts. I think it's I think it's limited to business accounts, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I just know what happens. I have a business account and I know that's that's okay. how it works. All right. Well, we can check into that. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do that after we're done here. All right, awesome. Now, do you know your Instagram handle? Yeah, my Instagram handle is Jonathan Graves Wright. So at Jonathan Graves Wright. Yeah. All one all one word. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yep. So people can actually go and perhaps look at some poetry that you have there. Yeah. Including Absolutely. the stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So those are those are different things that we you know, that that Jake and I might be thinking about. You and I might be thinking about because we're always looking for inspiration and we're always trying to get or develop um, any kind of an idea or inspiration for for what we're doing. So yeah, yeah. So what's your true. project now? Let's see. I am so close to finishing my current novel. It's Avenger, and it's book one in a uh, science fiction series. Um, so I wrote two books in a sort of horror science fiction horror monster story kind of series, and I kind of changed directions with the third book. And went to book one of a, of a completely separate series, completely different world. And um, I'm really excited to get that done. I'm hoping uh, by the end of next week to get it done. So I'm hoping I have less than two weeks to go. And the book will be done and then edited. I'll edit it lightning fast and get it out. Oh, nice. Sweet job. Sweet job. Yeah, I, I, I told my son the other day that um, my, one of my next projects is to write a self-help book. 
for uh, new new graduates out of university and how to help them to negotiate um, through their interview so that they they can get a better quality um, like benefits, bonuses, uh, different things like that. So I told my son that that's the project I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about working on. Uh, he sent me a quick message and said, Dad, don't write a self-help book. I said, why? He said, they're just boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. um, I think they have a bad, they have a bad um, rap. Yeah. And maybe maybe for good reason. In a lot of cases, I don't know. I don't I don't yeah. I haven't listened to a ton of um self-help books. Maybe calling it a self-help book is where where um you know, you can you can change. Maybe it's a business a yeah. business book. Yeah, I definitely won't call it a self-help and it and I probably won't even put it in that genre because basically with that book my intent is to actually help real life individuals. Uh, down the road to negotiate uh, their their contract before they begin uh, business. Yeah, like so before it's, they begin their job, it's a practical instructional Absolutely. book. Yeah, right. Yeah, what you need to do: step one, step two, etc. Yeah, to accomplish a specific goal that a lot of people out there should have right now. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the the stories that I'm getting from a lot of people especially um, when chatting with them is, is how really difficult getting into to a, a good job straight out of graduation really is. And so, because they're inundated with, with um, resumes, thousands of resumes. So how do you stand out? How do you negotiate your way through those kinds of things? So, yeah, that's very cool. And I got to say, I think I told you this off air, but I just have to say when Jonathan told me, this idea that he had, it was instantly to me because I know you and I know mm -hmm. the stuff that you, I know your past, some of the stuff you've worked in in the past, very business related, related to startups and related to financing and, and all of that. And um, a lot of the stuff that you talk about now when you're, when you're teaching English to people and you have lots of business students, graduate students, businessmen students in other parts of the world. And then some of the topics you talk to them about and just your personality and your experience. And so when you said, well, I'm thinking about writing a self-help book and it's about negotiating better prices, better salaries, I was just blown away. And instantly I was like, not only that is that an awesome idea, but I can't believe like, of course, like, like, duh, it was a duh moment, right? Like, of course you should be doing that. Why didn't I, why didn't I tell you six months ago you should be doing that? You know, it was like, it, yeah. was, it was so obvious to me that that would be a good fit for you. It is certainly not something I would in a million years, not just have the desire to write, but it's not something I would feel qualified to write without just enormous amounts of research. It just, it, it's not something that I have any interest in or any experience in but it certainly is up your alley. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it certainly is left of my genre. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's the opposite basically of poetry. Um, but it is life experience as well. And, and so I have fun, you know, just talking about my different experiences in my, in, in life and well, it, and it's based in my poetry as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's just some, something a little bit different that, yeah. uh, you know, we think about kicking off and, and doing different things like that.
But that's that's the idea of being writers. We we come up with all these different ideas, these different concepts. Some fly, some don't. And so you just keep going. That that's what makes a, a writer the perfect entrepreneur. Because it doesn't matter how many times you have an idea, logically you figure out which ones are going to work and which ones aren't. Yeah, it's true. And you know, there was probably, well, not probably, there was definitely kind of a stigma in the past about writers crossing uh, the genre lines, right? Like if you are a mystery writer and that's what you're known as, and then you dare to put out something that's not mystery, then you have a lot of people just angry with you and just, it works out bad. It, It works out so badly that like Stephen King's a perfect example. When he wanted to write something that wasn't horror back in the day, um, he had to write it under a different name. Yeah. And it wasn't until years later that it came out that he, Stephen King, the same guy, was doing was doing something else. Yeah. Nora Roberts, very prolific writer, but she's kind of um, pigeonholed into kind of a specific topic. And so for a long time, and even now still, she writes things under a different name. I think it's J.D. Robb is a separate mm-hmm. name she writes under because mm-hmm. she's so prolific and she wants to write different things that are kind of similar, but not. And, uh, you know, there's been sort of people look down on that for whatever reason, even though we're humans, we're people, we, we have so, so many different interests and, and we might have experience in different things. And I think that's less and less becoming a problem. I think indie authors and self-publishing and the modern author's desire to write in a variety of genres, to write fiction and nonfiction to write uh, fantasy one year and then uh, maybe a young adult something, something for children the next, something like comedic the next or whatever. It's just becoming so common that people kind of expect it. So, I, you know, and I kind of talked to you before about maybe just to get the marketing things aligned, taking the middle name Graves out. Yes, absolutely, yeah. When you're doing something kind of more stiff and formal, Mm -hmm. like business self-help books. Like if you wanted to write two or three or four, kind of more in that line. And then something that's more creative and emotional, whether that's poetry or fiction, things that at least communicate better. Right. Keep the graves in. And that that might be an option, but you wouldn't keep it, you wouldn't make try to make it a secret that you do one or the other. No, right? absolutely. Yeah, you want to be connected in some way. But I, I think that you're very you're right, very right along those lines, is keeping it more on a professional basis. So Jonathan Graves Wright, whimsical, you kind of you kind of that name generates the thought of writing, um, science fiction, poetry, you know, short stories, things like that that are are more on the whimsical side. But in a professional setting, it's it's not necessary. Maybe if you were professor. Jonathan Graves, right? Then maybe something like that would be, uh, you know, a moniker that you could you could attach yourself to. But not being a professor, then you know it doesn't have to be as a whimsical as whimsical a name as you would find maybe as a poet. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I remember I remember reading somewhere that Esquire. Yeah. If you actually look it up, I, no, I did not research this. I don't know if it's true, but that's not going to stop me from saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember reading somewhere online that somebody researched Esquire mm-hmm. and came to the conclusion that it means nothing. 
and that actually any person can put Esquire at the end of their name because it doesn't mean anything. Nothing. Even though perhaps at one time or for whatever reason the connotation has come about that, that means you're a lawyer, it doesn't. Oh, okay. right. Gotcha. Like, like people would say, so and so Esquire, oh, and it would right. be yeah. like yeah. as if saying that you're a lawyer. And but I don't know if that didn't catch on, or I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. Um, people have that idea, so it makes you sound more professional and formal and, you know, just, you imagine this tie and the suit and everything and yeah. big cigar, or I don't know what, right? Yeah. But uh, it doesn't actually mean that. And um, again, I don't know if this is right, but apparently you could be, um, you could get in trouble for putting doctor before your name oh, if you're absolutely. not. absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're not that you're practicing medicine, but if you write a book and you put doctor and you don't have either a PhD or MD, which I guess are the only ways, yeah. or there might be others, but you have to have a degree of some kind to, to earn that. Right. And if you don't, then you can get in big trouble. Yeah. But Esquire, apparently, no repercussions whatsoever, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, and again, we, we, you know, now we have to be careful. You, you and I could probably make up a lot of stories of things that aren't true, but now everybody can Google it. So we have to be, we have to be careful. We can't tell false stories because they're gonna, they're gonna call <laughs> us out on it. <laughs> we just, we, we need to put a little disclaimer at the beginning, yeah, exactly, of every yeah. episode. Um, <laughs> we are not here to give legal advice <laughs> we are hereby disavowed <laughs> from any negative consequences as a result <laughs> we are not responsible for what we say <laughs> that's right we're not responsible for what you do with what we say <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right <laughs> this is, that's right this information is not classified <laughs> yeah yeah so, very much so very yeah. much so so your um so your your inspiration from writing really comes from what background? What where where do you get the inspiration for your writing, uh, especially the genre? Like I I know the books you've written so far. Um, I know for a fact what you and your brothers talk about all the time, and to me it's like right out of the box with the fiction and all of that sort of stuff. So is that? basically where you generated most of your ideas. Yeah. And kind of going back to what you're talking about traveling, um, my real world series, that's, that's kind of takes place in, in our world that is just with monsters. Right. But, um, that series is very heavily influenced by places I've been. It's, it's influenced by the small West Texas town I grew up in it's influenced by uh, the places that we visited, like to go camping when I was a kid. Just about everything is sort of modified and stolen from real life experiences. So um, a, a place that the, the, the kids go in the, in the first book is kind of a camping location. It's really their uncle's ranch. And the, it's also a ghost town. And the ghost town is called Carlson Creek in the book. Well, that is a real ghost town that's outside of my town that's called Maverick. And I don't have an uncle who has a ranch, but a friend of the family, his brother, um, does own a ranch out there. And we did used to go on a regular basis on the premises of his ranch to camp. And there was a creek that ran through it. And we often fished and swam in that creek. And so 
a lot of the details about things that you would pass and places you would go and how things looked and how things seemed were all based on what I remember from my childhood and teenager years going out to that location. So uh, that, that was definitely a huge inspiration, just a kid with a big imagination wandering through those places would often think, well, what if this and what if that? And a lot of those things ended up coming back into that series now, you know, even that though that's like 20 years later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So lots of things that generate memories, memories generate stories. Um, I know that even with my family, when, when my brothers and I get together, it, it's an absolute mesh fest of, of memories. And we, mem- we remember things a lot differently than each other. But when we collaborate the stories, it's absolutely hilarious that, you know, what we come up with, the memories that we have of our childhood. And, uh, you know, so writing based on those types of things really helps us to generate or influence many of the things that we write about. So that's a, that's, it, it might help writers to, you know, new writers that are maybe thinking of, of writing something, where would they start? Think about, you know, a childhood memory, something that brings something to mind that you can yeah. put on paper. That's true. Uh, that the old adage, write what you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, sometimes gets misapplied in weird ways. Like if you're a doctor, you can only write about medical stuff, which yeah. is not to my mind, what that expression really is trying to tell you. Yeah. And that is, if you have a particular set of memories or a particular location and an impression about a location or something funny that happened to you or something horrible that happened to you, whatever, you might say, well, that's boring because that's my real life. Well, it's your real life. You already lived it. So it might seem boring to you, but no one else on the planet had those same experiences. That's true. Right. And so it's unique and special and interesting to them because some things are going to seem similar. Like, oh, well, you know, I had a parent who who got very sick and I had to take care of them. Or, oh, well, you know, I did. I had somebody that I had a crush on and then they mysteriously disappeared or they died or or whatever. I don't know. That's very specific. But you get the idea. Like, like we have these common experiences, but your particular cocktail of experiences are super unique, yeah. right? We, we don't have enough humans in the universe to have somebody match you oh, yeah. with those no, experiences, yeah. right? We yeah. would need hundreds of billions of people, not, you know, less than 10 billion. So yeah, definitely write what you know. That, that can be a great starting place. Yeah, and, and write from emotion because there's a lot of things that generate different feelings, some are good, some bad, some indifferent even. But that, yeah, that's something that you can you can think about and key on as well. So just to mention really quick, um, we don't want everyone out there to get the idea that our travels together, that what we do together is generally based on our writing. Uh, we love to travel and eat. <laughs> so a lot Especially of our tra- a lot of our travels are are based on food. <laughs> Even the traveling is optional. We Even, we just love to eat. That's right. We just <laughs> we just love to. And we eat. ran out of food here, so <laughs> we have to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we love to do. And maybe in another episode, we can talk about all the barbecue joints we've hit and 
Oh man, yeah. yes. But that that inspires a different emotion, of course. But oh yeah. yes, definitely. So, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, quite different. It's quite different. So I love the I love the idea of just you know capsulizing experiences that we've had, capsulizing memories. Um, I I read uh, I read a, a a beautiful quote uh, the other day. Um, and I honestly cannot tell you the person it was quoted from because I can't remember. But it was when pen is put to paper, the magic happens. And so when when we think about writing, it doesn't matter really what it's about. You can write any, like a diary. It just put pen to paper, uh, put your emotions down, uh, write a little something every day. And, and you know, you never know what might inspire you and, and get you connected with that little bit of writing experience or that little spirit that, that might be there that you've always been looking for that little spark, you know? Mm, Definitely. Yeah. So those are, those are just some things that, that you might think about when we're, when we're trying to do those kinds of things. So anything else to add? Nope, I think that's it. All right, so this is uh, Jonathan Graves Wright signing off. And Jacob Patrick, have a great day. Bye now.